Welcome back to Irish on Tap, brought to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet and presented by Manscaped. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3000 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin-safe technology so you don't nick, cut, or chip those sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and ball deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. What's up, Irish fans? This is Irish on Tap. I am your co-host, Brian Mishler, and I'm with one of my other co-hosts, Ethan, today. How are we doing, Ethan? I'm good, Brian. Good to be back with you. Uh, we're getting set for uh, another big matchup with North Carolina on Saturday. Brandon obviously couldn't be here tonight. He's a, uh, a normal working human like, like most of us are, so he uh, could not join us tonight. But we're back for another big week. I think this is one of the biggest matchups we previewed looking at the season early on. Obviously, it doesn't have the same implications now that North Carolina isn't ranked, what, number three like they were in the beginning of the season. So, ultimately, I think this is a huge game for the Irish, and we got to hit the road and get a dub on Friday. Yeah, it's a game that probably was circled on the calendar from the get-go as the second toughest game of the season. We know North Carolina originally was a top Top 10, top 10 team to start the year, then got up to all the way to fifth, I believe, maybe even third, if I recall correctly. And they've suffered some losses. They barely beat, or they lost to Virginia, barely beat Virginia Tech, barely beat BC. And then I, I'm a little, I was a little bit shocked that they were ranked 19th in the rankings today. But I mean, we'll get to the college football playoff rankings later. But I do agree that this is probably this is. I don't think this can be a trap game for the Irish because I think North Carolina is too good. They got a really one of the most potent offensive attacks in the country. This shouldn't be a trap game. Coming off of a bye week, going on the road, Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, they know what they're getting into. This is a confirmation victory on the road for them. If, as far as I'm concerned, this kind of confirms them as a legit team that they can go on the road to North Carolina, who had honestly college football playoff aspirations at the beginning of the year and ACC title hopes. Notre Dame can go on the road, take it to North Carolina, and what is probably their last like actual test of the year kind of confirms everybody's v- current viewpoint that Notre Dame's legit this year. I agree with you. I don't think that it's a trap game for the same reason. They're coming off a bye week. I could see how it could have been a, a, a bigger trap game if North Carolina was this past weekend coming off you know those two big wins. But you know with that little break, obviously give Notre Dame a time to to sit back, relax, and really just get ready for this team. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think that Notre Dame's just going to come out. They need to get this win. I think that it is the biggest game of the season to this point. Obviously, we've gotten past Clemson, but right now we're looking at North Carolina this week. Wish it was a primetime slot on Friday night, but, you know, we'll take it. 2.30, big slate on Friday. I'll take the uh, I'll take the national eyes. But, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that this is much of a competition. I think this game... A lot of people think will be closer, but I don't see it being close at all. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was a little bit surprised about the line. It's at about, I mean, it varies considerably. I've seen three, I've seen nine, but on ESPN right now, they have it at Notre Dame minus five, which I, I think that's a little bit dif- disrespectful for Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame's beaten, well, besides Louisville, that was their only game in which they, like, I thought didn't play well at all and almost lost. Other than that, obviously the Clemson game was one of the better games of the year. But other than that, they've handled pretty much every team very with a fair amount of ease. And like I was go- saying earlier, North Carolina, I don't know how they're they're a ranked 19th. They haven't looked good. Barely beaten BC. Barely beat VT. They lost a, four, a really bad Florida State team. I mean, they did beat NC State by 27, which is honestly their only impressive victory this year. I don't understand how they're ranked 19th. I mean, I understand they got Sam Howell, who's one of the better QBs in the country. And they got, like I said, a really good offensive attack. But on the same token, they have one of the worst defenses, not even the ACC, but arguably in the in like damn near the country. They gave up 53 points to Wake Forest. I mean, 24 to Duke's not bad. 40, 44 to Virginia. Like, I think Notre Dame offense is going to have an absolute field day on this defense, especially at the line of scrimmage. I think, I mean, it could be a shootout, but I think Notre Dame would probably want to control the tempo a little bit more and establish Kyron Williams. And I think they're going to run it to him a lot unless they have to throw if they get if they get behind that's pretty much the only way I think Notre Dame loses this game is if they get behind early and then if they get behind early and then are focused or are forced to throw the ball I think that would be the only way Notre Dame loses but if Notre Dame establishes their presence at the line of scrimmage with the ground attack gets off to an early lead I don't I don't think there's any chance Notre Dame loses this because they're very much more talented than North Carolina and they're not a team that beats themselves we've hammered this for the last I mean the last year and a half we've been or this podcast has existed Ian Book does not turn the ball over he doesn't beat himself while sometimes he doesn't make the elite plays he never beats himself so I don't think Notre Dame is going to beat themselves on Saturday especially coming off of a bye week yeah I think what you touched on with establishing the run game with the offensive line is something that I think a lot of Irish fans are going to keep their eye on because I believe there's what two new starters on the offensive line this week due to injury. Yes, that's correct. So I think right there, that's something to keep an eye on. And North Carolina's pass defense has been significantly worse than their run defense. So like you said, I think they obviously like to establish the run early. We've pretty much seen that in every game so far this year. However, I think that they're just now finally starting to find their rhythm with the passing game. Ian Book, uh, he's feeling a lot more confident with his arm. and, And we've seen that over the last two games. And you know, even a guy like Ben Skoranek, too, has been making a name for himself these last couple of games. So I'd like to see what the offensive line looks like early with two new starters. Obviously, this is probably one of the most experienced offensive lines in college football. So I don't think that there's going to be much of an issue there. And Kyron Williams is just so good out of the backfield. And I agree with you. I think that Notre Dame will need to come out, fire out early and punch him in the mouth. You don't want to see him go down 7 nothing, 10 nothing early because... You know, we've seen that story before and we've had to come back. And, you know, at this point, we don't need a a 24 to 10 win. You know, we need to solidify our spot. You know, we need to win games 41-14. Yeah, I agree. And this would be a game that, I mean, the line puts them at about five points. But I think that would honestly be a little bit disappointing. I would agree. This is a time when Notre Dame needs to step step their foot on the opponent's head and while they're drowning, so to speak, and just, just really win and dominate like we know they're accustomed to. And we you talked about the two, Jarrett Patterson, their center and right guard, Tommy Kramer being out. You got Zeke Carell, a sophomore starting in his place, highly, highly recruited guy. 
but starting on the O-line as a sophomore, that's very young. Then you have senior senior Joshua Lug at the right guard position, who's seasoned but not necessarily so experienced. He hasn't had many starts on the O-line, but I mean, if there's one positional group on this team that can um, field a couple injuries, it's this offensive line because Notre Dame just recruits at a very, such a high level at the offensive line that they can kind of just plug and chug. However, it's not as much of a plug and chug position as other positions, like the defensive line, so to speak, because the offensive line has to work as a unit. It's not like an individual type of thing. They have to communicate well pre, pre-read. They got to call their audibles or whatnot. So while I say that they have a lot of talent, there definitely is like a cohesion aspect to the offensive line that they could struggle with, with two new starters. I mean, that's 40% of the line. And this was Notre Dame's probably biggest value add going into the season and over the last eight games has proven to be the best part of this team. So when you get two new guys like that, especially on the road, I mean, it's good that there's no fans because especially in a loud atmosphere, that would be hard to call audibles at the line of scrimmage. But that's definitely something to look forward to, especially at the beginning of the game. And if this O-line is missing reads or if the um, North Carolina defensive line or front seven is getting in the backfield very fat or very quickly. That would be something to look for at the beginning of the game because we all know Notre Dame's going to try to establish the ground game from the get-go like they always do. Yeah, I got to stick with what you said about the line being five points because, I mean, we've seen what this offense can do now. It's not like we've, you know, it's not like offenses in years past where it's been up and down throughout, you know, the weeks. It's been, I think it's been pretty consistent and it's very good consistently. So, I mean, I don't think that this offense will regress. I don't. I think the only reason that it's close is that whole we can't win on the road factor. I mean, I, it's it's been over our heads, and like you said at the beginning, this is an opportunity to break free from that. I think that this is what the, I think this is probably the biggest road test of the year to this point. Obviously, hosting Clemson. Um, I don't really think there was any big road game up until this point. So I, I don't see how we, we talked about North Carolina's defense, how they're not great. Our defense is hands down top three in the country. Sam Howell's a good quarterback, but, you know, we arguably played the second best quarterback that Clemson has seen in quite some time. If we could beat Clemson at home like that with our defense, I don't see how anybody can challenge this anybody to North Carolina standards could challenge this defense I don't see that yeah I mean it's all about this this defense it's probably going to be somewhat of a shootout I mean North Carolina's 14th in the country in yards per game they're one of the I don't have the stat right in front of me but they're top they're one of the tops in the countries in points per game as well however that's a little bit of a, a skewed statistic in my view because they just play in such a in such a high-octane type of shoot-it-out games where their defense is on the field so little because it sucks so bad that they're going to score a lot of points. It's th- it's just that type of game flow. Whereas Notre Dame, they kind of milk the clock. They establish the run game. So they're not really going to score that many points. I mean, the Clemson game was a little bit – I mean, 47 sounds like a lot, but it was really only 33 and then it gets it gets a little adjusted because of the OT and looks like a shootout. But in my view, I don't I don't I don't view that as a shootout. The really only time Notre Dame scored in the 40s, I believe, this year was Pittsburgh. And I just think a 40-point game for Notre Dame is much more impressive than a 40-point game for North Carolina just because of the way they play. And I think it's going to be kind of a, a battle of willpower on if it's easier to slow a team down or to speed a team up. I think North Carolina is going to try to make this a shootout. 
and try to get that Notre Dame defense on the field as long as possible and keep the uh, keep Ian Book from milking the clock and keeping Notre Dame from establishing the run game because if that defense gets that Notre Dame defense gets tired, that's when Sam Howell can start throwing for 400 or so points. We saw it against Clemson when that defense really in the second half got pretty exhausted. They started to tackle very poorly. The, this there was a couple blown coverages in the defensive backfield so I think that's going to be the the model of the game for Clemson or for North Carolina and I think Notre Dame I think it's easier to slow a team down than to speed one up especially when Notre Dame has the advantage at the point of attack and line of scrimmage there's a little bit of a an ambiguity there because of the new offensive linemen but I think Notre Dame still has the advantage of the line of scrimmage. I don't think they're going to have any trouble at all establishing the run game. And I think at the end of the day, Notre Dame's just too too imposing up front to um, for North Carolina to win this game. I think if Notre Dame loses, it'll be because they turn the ball over two or three times. And it could be fumbles. It could be punt return, kick return, interceptions. It could be anything. But I think really the only way Notre Dame loses is if they're in a significant turnover deficit. I agree. You talked about North Carolina's schedule. They've played a lot of high-scoring, close games. Something you talked about, I think those two losses kept them where they are in the rankings. Obviously, you know, lost to Florida State and Virginia don't look great. However, I think that that strength of schedule is still there. They still played relatively good opponents at the time. You know, North Carolina or NC State was ranked, Virginia Tech ranked as well, but they have put up a lot of points against those teams. So I think this is truly the first time North Carolina's seen a really good defense this year. Who knows what that will look like? Wake Forest, like you said, put up 53 points. However, North Carolina still nearly put up 60. So I agree with you. I think it could be a shootout, but. At the same time, I think that if Notre Dame is able to put pressure on Sam Howell early, I think it could be a long day for North Carolina as well. It's either going to be a, a low-scoring shutout or it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, I mean, there's a really, like we said, a little bit of a battle of willpower here. It's a team with two different styles. However, I'm looking at the stats right now, and something that kind of surprised me is both Notre Dame and North Carolina are tied for 16th in the country in yards per game on the ground. I was not aware that North Carolina had that much of a potent rushing attack. So that is something to keep an eye on. I think, I mean, obviously Notre Dame's rush defense is at or are either near the top or at the top of the country. I mean, they shut down Clemson's rushing attack to the tune of one yard per carry, the best running back in the last couple of years in college football, I mean, rushed for like 20, 25 yards. So I think North Carolina is going to try to establish their their willpower on the ground as well, just like Notre Dame. But I think we've seen that Notre Dame has a little bit more success in stopping the run than North Carolina does because North Carolina gives up a lot of points. But previewing the game a little bit, we'll get back to it at the tail end of this episode with our predictions and player of the game offensively and defensively. But the, what we wanted to cover for about 10 minutes or so is the college football playoff rankings. First time today that they came out. There was a couple surprises. I would I would say I, would, I was a little bit surprised to see Ohio State at four behind Clemson. But then when you factor in the amount of games they've played, and how much they were talking about on the broadcast. Ethan was telling me before offline how much they beat to a pulp about how many like game like how many games played and how much that matters. So that makes sense that Clemson would be above Notre Dame or Clemson would be above Ohio State, especially since Ohio State didn't necessarily impress people 
against IU this past weekend. They probably should have lost, but of course they hang on to the last couple minutes. And then Georgia was a little bit of a surprise. Like I said, I was surprised with seeing um, North Carolina at 19 and whatnot. What do you, what were your biggest surprises, Ethan? I was not as surprised as you with uh, the Clemson thing. I think even going into it, um, I kind of figured Clemson was going to hang around. I think Ohio State really stumbled out of the gate against Indiana. Not that Indiana doesn't deserve the credit because they have really been a good football team this year. Unfortunately, Indiana couldn't pull it off. But really, Clemson's only struggle has been to this team in a double overtime setting without their starting quarterback. So I think when you factor in those two things, yeah, Clemson, I think, still is the better team. And until Ohio State is able to beat another good opponent, which I don't think they do going forward until the Big Ten Championship and with Wisconsin and Minnesota being canceled today, Wisconsin's out. So Northwestern's the likely candidate to play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. And I'm pretty sure we all know what that's going to end up being like. So Ohio State pretty much has their ride to the college football playoff at this point. I don't think you're going to see much change. I, I don't, unless Notre Dame beats Clemson in the ACC Championship game, you know, I think those four teams will stay. The SEC is obviously interesting with Texas A&M and Florida. Cincinnati is one of those teams that doesn't really do much for me because I think that they're always going to be that team out now. I think they're Notre Dame from like three, four years ago. Uh, Northwestern getting in there as well. I think they won't do anything against Ohio State. Georgia, like you said, surprised me as well. And uh, Miami rounding out at 10 could be a potential uh, sneak in there, depending on what happens at the end with the ACC. Yeah, I would agree with you in the sense that I don't suspect much change moving forward. Another surprise that was honestly probably the biggest surprise for college football universe in general, besides Georgia being ninth at with two losses, was BYU at 9-0 and being ranked 14th. I mean, that's just, I mean, they haven't played really anybody good, but I mean, they played the most games, they're undefeated, and they barely make the crack the top 15. So I thought that was a little bit disrespectful, but I mean, they don't really play. I It was tough for them, though, because they had a, they're independent like Notre Dame, but didn't get the privilege of joining the, or didn't get the benefit of joining the ACC. So they kind of got screwed with their scheduling purposes. That's what Reese Davis talked about, too, was that, you know, right, right away when BYU saw their spot, like they need to get on the call and get on or schedule Washington like that. I knew was kind of in the mix this past weekend. I knew like Washington was iffy, BYU was iffy. I don't know what happened with all that. But if you're BYU at this point, like you need to find someone to play that you can add that big win to. Because like you said, it, at this point, it is disrespectful that BYU is as good as they have been. They got a lot of talent on that team, but until you're able to get that big win or, you know, schedule that big opponent and play them close, you know, I don't think you're going to get the credit from this committee. And I think that showed tonight, like we said, with uh, with Clemson being ahead of Ohio State, it's a lot of I think it's a lot of eye test here for the first two weeks. But you look at the eye test for BYU, they haven't played anybody. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was expecting them to come around nine, eight maybe capped out at yeah capped out about eight but I mean 14 is just pretty bad and like you said I mean you got to get somebody on the because you're clearly not even close right now you got to get somebody on the schedule but as far as forecasting how this plays out if Notre Dame loses to Clemson in the ACC title really I don't see they're not going to hot if Notre Dame loses closely they're not going to get hot by Cincinnati 
Northwestern's not going to beat Ohio State, so they're out. They're not going to get hot by Georgia with two losses. Miami won't hop them because they didn't get the ACC title. So really, it's down to um, Texas A&M and Florida. It's down to if Notre Dame loses close to Clemson, will Texas A&M or Florida top them as the fourth team? And there are scenarios in which I think Notre Dame actually could get hopped because let's assume that Florida goes undefeated because their schedule is not very good for the net remainder of the three games. Then they face Bama in the AC or in the SEC title game. And obviously if they lose to Bama, they're done. But let's say they beat Bama. Then you have both Florida and Bama with one loss. Bama's not going to get out of the CFP if they lose one game in the SEC title. They'll probably be ranked like third or something. And then you'd probably have Florida at four and then Ohio State two, Clemson one. And then that's the scenario where Notre Dame's out. Another scenario, that's probably the, that's the most likely scenario, I think. Notre Dame loses to Clemson close. And then that happens. Florida probably wrecks their season by beating Alabama. Another one is this Texas A&M finishes eight and one. I believe they have only three more games. They play at Auburn December 5th. That's a game that Notre Dame fans really need Auburn to win because if Texas A&M finishes undefeated or finishes the remainder of their schedule undefeated and finishes eight and one, their only loss is to Alabama. And if Alabama is the best team in the country and finishes the year undefeated, Yes, they lost by 28. They kind of got killed, but that's a quote-unquote better loss than Notre Dame's loss to Clemson probably, right? Because it's a better, I mean, Alabama's just ranked higher. So if that happens, yes, they'd have one less game played because I think it might actually be two, but they didn't because Texas A&M won't go to the SEC title because they're in the same um, side as Bama and they already lost to Bama. So they'll be that like, I think it was Georgia or Bama a couple of years ago that didn't go to the SEC title because they lost to Georgia, I think, but still got into the CFP. So I think that could end up happening. What's your what's your stance on all this, Ethan? Well, first of all, it's crazy that we're already talking about this and the fact that all these scenarios are happening. But the two SEC teams, Texas A&M, Florida, they they don't play anybody these next three weeks. But I think the the team to watch going forward is Auburn. I think. Uh, I think they go to Bama this weekend. Yeah, they go to Bama this weekend. And then, like you mentioned, they play Texas A&M next weekend. So Auburn is really going to be the team that Notre Dame fans want to keep their eye on. Alabama's favored by quite a lot of points. So, uh, you know, that would be quite the upset for Auburn. But we've seen it before. It's been a long time since Notre Dame's been in the number one spot. But, you know, we've seen those crazy things happen. I I agree on all the fronts that we've talked about. I think no matter what the ultimate end goal is to beat Clemson in the ACC championship game, but we have to play those scenarios out where if Notre Dame loses by this much, you know what could happen. If we lose by this much, then what happens? But ultimately, it's one week at a time, and and really it's just going to be fun because this top 10, even watching it today for the first, you know, for the first release of the season, really goes to show how much fun this last what three four weeks of the college football season will be like yeah and i i mean obviously like you said the goal is to beat clemson and remove all doubt i mean if you beat clemson twice you might damn near take the number one spot from bama that's the goal i think notre dame i'm not i think notre dame even with trevor lawrence and all those guys in the front seven healthy i think notre dame absolutely can beat clemson i'm not predicting a loss already by any means but it's just hard to not look ahead and do a what-if scenario. It's, I mean, it's just kind of fun to do. but I think, Absolutely. I think everyone else is doing it. I mean, the committee does it every week. So I think that's what 
the best part about the college football atmosphere is, is that each week you could see something different and things change each and each and every week. And it starts with this North Carolina game on Friday. And there's a lot of big games on Saturday as well to keep your eye on. That Auburn-Bama game will be one to keep their eye on. But I, I don't know. I just I really think that this Notre Dame team has something. Like, I agree with you that they can beat a Trevor Lawrence team. They can beat a full, healthy Clemson team. I fully believe that. This defense is something different than we've seen in years past, something completely different than I've ever seen in my now 23 years alive. Like, this defense is something else. And I don't see Sam Howell being that successful. You know, I think that he does hit the deep shots. He's able to make plays. We've seen that so far this season. But at the end of the day, the experience that this defense brings to the table should overpower anyone. Yeah, I think I remember saying it a couple weeks ago. I don't I didn't think Notre Dame would really get tested that much the remaining of the ACC schedule. And I I think that's going to be the case here. I mean, I think it's a good point to pivot give our like players of the game. I think uh, it's a little bit tough for me because I think Notre Dame wants to establish the run game and give it to Kyron Williams about 25 times. But I do think there's going to be a little bit of a decrease in production on the O-line. It's just kind of inevitable when you lose 40% of your offensive line. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think this game is more towards a shootout. And I think it's going to be Javon McKinley. That's my player of the game offensively. I think he pulls down about eight reception for a little bit of over 100 yards. I think he's going to have a big day. And then defensively, I'm going to go with Nick McLeod. I think somebody in this defensive backfield is going to have at least one pick. I think somebody's going to have a two-pick day. I think this pass rush is going to get to Sam Howell quick, and I think it's going to force him into making decisions that he are making throws that he think he can make. And then the defense is too fast and closes the gap. I'm going to go with Nick McLeod. I think he um, comes down with not one but two interceptions. And I think at the end of the day, it's a little bit high scoring than Notre Dame would want, but I think they win 42 to 27. I think it's about um, a 14 or 15 point game like that. I like that. I think I'll start with my score prediction. I think it's going to be that shootout, like you said. I don't think North Carolina puts up a lot of points. I don't think that, I think that 27 range is about right. I think I'm going to go less than that. I do think Notre Dame wins this one 38 to 21. Ian Book gets it done through the air this week. Um, I think that, like you said, the, the offensive line issues with two new guys coming in, I think they're going to have to resort to Ian Book using his legs a little bit more, getting himself outside of the pocket. I mentioned Ben Skoranek earlier in the podcast, and I really think he's a guy that has been consistent. Ian Book is comfortable with him at this point, and I think he's going to be a guy that makes plays at the end of this game, and he's going to help contribute to those 38 points. On the defensive side, I'm going to stick with uh, your secondary pick, However, I think I'm going to go with a guy who we haven't really called on, and I think it's going to be Sean Crawford this week. Dude laid a monster hit at the end of the Clemson game. I've just been watching that game on repeat the last like overtime drive where we stopped Clemson. I've just been watching that on repeat since it's happened. Sean Crawford, a guy who has been through hell and back with this program. Big stage, big opportunity for Notre Dame to get a win. I think he's going to be the guy on defense to make plays this week. Sean Crawford, Ben Skoranek. Notre Dame wins 38-21. And there you have it, folks. We both have um, around a mid to 15 or so type of victory, blowing the five-point spread out of the water. I don't think Notre Dame will – I mean, I think it's very possible that they, quote-unquote, beat the shit out of North Carolina. But I think 
that I mean, this defense is going to give up some points just because um, North Carolina has so much firepower. So, and they're a pretty good team. But I is I do think there's a scenario that plays out where Notre Dame wins by 30 plus. But I wouldn't expect that. But as far as everything goes today, I think we pretty much have got everything wrapped up. We're both expecting a Notre Dame victory here in North Carolina and then them to really finish the rest of the year undefeated before the inevitable showdown and rematch against Clemson. It's what everybody's looking forward to. And I think it's something that we need to, as Notre Dame fans, appreciate. And Pete Sampson noted this on our guests our guest show with him last week if you haven't tuned into it you should it's a, one of the probably the most fun i've ever had on the mic here at on tap sportsnet and he talked about how Notre Dame fans need to appreciate that college football is like unanimously in uh, they unanimously want a, a rematch between notre dame and clemson like if, if Clemson would have won by like 14 or so without Trevor Lawrence, nobody would really be itching to see rematch or, or match match number two. But we beat him in one of the best games I've ever seen Notre Dame ever play and in one of the better games of the last decade, honestly. It sucked that there was no crowd, but in my opinion, it was one of the best football games I've ever seen in the last 10 years. And I think it's something that Notre Dame fans really need to appreciate that the entire college football universe or college football world will be watching on, I believe they said it for December 18th or something like that at 4 p.m., whatever that Saturday is. And that's going to, I mean, that's going to be the most watched football college football game of the season. Everybody's eyes are going to be on Notre Dame. And what else would you ask for for a Notre Dame fan playing the best in the ACC title game with the chance to get a national title for the first time in, what, 40 years? So that's something that Notre Dame fans should appreciate, Mark. Hey, don't forget, too, we're undefeated in conference play. We're the only undefeated team to ever play conference football. That is true. And it's something that if Notre Dame just go undefeated in the ACC, beat Clemson again, win the national title in their only year in a conference, it would just be fucking his it would be hilarious it'd be awesome i'd never let I'd it love, i'd never let anyone live it down either but at the same time i just i i want to just shut the, the the twitter trolls up you know they're going to be coming out but who cares the thing is you can never shut those people up but yeah i get that's, what you're that's true that's true you, you never shut it, off you never can but you know what we'll be satisfied yeah i mean at some point they're just like not nothing they, it's just baseless at some point especially if notre dame beats Clemson again. And even we talked about this with Pete Sampson, even like I think Notre Dame's at the point where right now they are if they don't get to the national title and that's winning one college football playoff game. I mean, I'm not going to say and be delusional saying it's a national title win or bust season right now. It's not. That's a little ridiculous. The only two programs that are saying that right now are Clemson and Alabama, maybe Ohio State. But I think right now, in order to call this season a success, Notre Dame needs to get to the college football national title, and that requires winning at least one college football playoff game. I agree. I agree. I think that even you throw in the Clemson rematch as a playoff game, I think that's automatically the quote-unquote play-in game. I really do. I think that that's what it's going to come down to. And you look at the other matchups that could potentially happen that will implicate the college football playoff landscape. You know, I don't think SEC will will factor in all that much. I think um, you know Florida and Bama will will kind of settle themselves out, but it really will come down to Notre Dame and Clemson. I think that those two teams, with that matchup being as close as it was a few weeks back, 
winner of that game, I think, gets in. And it would be hard. It would be hard to see the loser of that game get in. I think Notre Dame just, they need to keep doing what they're doing. 1-0 each week. We've said it every week. And with the opportunity to go on the road and win a big-time game, you know, that's that's something that we've always struggled with. We've talked about it week in, week out, whenever we've gone on the road. We struggled. But this year, I think it's different. I think it's different, and this is just another step closer to getting to that point, like you just mentioned, Brian. Yep. I mean, we, we, we've we said it ourselves that this is a confirmation game for Notre Dame, and we put on in our predictions, and we both expect nothing more than Notre Dame to take care of business. But I don't know about you. I've said all that I need to say. Do you have any more wrap-up thoughts, Ethan? I know I'm going to try and get this one out uh, Thursday morning for the game on Friday. So uh, happy Thanksgiving to our listeners, and go Irish. Go Irish, always. Thank you for listening.